Hello, and welcome to Your Life Rocks, the podcast that equips working Christian moms to create balance, clear chaos, and reach goals in all areas of your life. My name is Jenny Stemmerman, your host and fellow working mom. I'm so glad that you're here to hang out with me today. This episode is episode 89, and it is sponsored by Life Balance Membership. You can start your seven-day free trial of Life Balance Membership by going to lifebalancemembership.com. Okay, you guys, I am so excited about the podcast today because we are getting back into our normal format of really giving you those tips and tricks to help you create more balance in your life. And of course, here at Your Life Rocks, we define that by setting and moving towards goals in all eight areas of life. That's what we consider Your Life Rocks. They are your faith, marriage, parenting, career, health, finances, home, and friends, and fun. And the last four weeks, we were in a series hearing from other working Christian moms about their testimony, what God has done in their life. So I hope that you go back and you listen to those episodes. But today, we're really talking about setting you up for success as you enter into the school year. And I'm gonna be sharing with you five strategies on how you can make it the most awesome school year ever, both for you and for your kiddos. And the great thing about these strategies is if your kids have already started school, I know some of you around the world, around the country, have already started school. My kids don't go back until September. But you might even be listening to this months into the future. Might be in the middle of the school year, but you can still apply all of these strategies right now, right today, to really make the most of the school year that you're in. Okay, so we're going to just jump right in to all of these tips. Number one is really to set the intention of the mom that you want to be this school year. You know, I define stress by that tension, that distance between our expectations and reality. And sometimes we can get stressed about who we are as a mom and it can create so much mom guilt because we have an expectation that we're not living into. And so this is your opportunity, blank slate, clean slate, to really set that intention on who you want to be as a mom, to set a new expectation for yourself that you can then live into in reality. And let me just say this, sometimes we gotta let go of whatever expectation has been imposed upon us. And sometimes it's imposed upon us without us even realizing it through other influences of other people around us. Maybe you have a lot of stay-at-home moms that are friends or your family, maybe your mom was a stay-at-home mom, and so you have kind of this expectation of what a mom should be, especially around school time, especially as maybe it's, you know, that mom that's always in the classroom or always volunteering or, you know, doing those special projects, and maybe that's just not your reality. I'm here to tell you and give you permission that it's okay, but you can have permission also to set the intention of who it is that you want to be for your kids. Do you want to be that mom that sets a great strong example of work ethic? Do you want to make sure that you're doing homework with your kids three days a week? Do you want to be able to provide a tutor for them so that someone else who maybe has more patience than you do is doing homework with your kids? And that is okay. I, for one, don't always have the patience to do homework with my kids. I love the idea of it, but it brings out the worst in me and it can damage my relationship with my kids. So for me, it's more important to hire a tutor or make sure that they have the right other people in their life that can come alongside them and help them in that area. It doesn't have to be me. But I do have a set intention as I go into the school year of how involved I want to be, how how knowledgeable I want to be of their world, of their of the other kids in their classrooms, of their teachers, um, and really setting an intention at the v- very beginning on how involved I want to be will help me dictate so many other decisions in how I function throughout the school year. The things I say yes to, the things I say no to. But it's one of those things that 
kind of happens in the back of our head sometimes, but it, it doesn't work unless we bring it out into the light. And we set that intention, maybe write it in a journal, maybe write it in your planner if you're using the Life Balance Planner. Maybe that is your 90-day goal. That intention of who you want to be for your, for your kiddos, that's your 90-day parenting goal that you wanna work towards. And it's important that you keep that in front of you as you enter into the school year. So that is tip number one, is to set that intention of the mom you wanna be and let go of the other expectations of what other people have put on you or maybe even you've put on yourself on this. Now, in in a couple weeks, we'll be having an episode um, where I'm going to really be talking about the identity of a working mom. We've done episodes in the past, like our identity in Christ and things like that, but I really have it on my heart, this identity and and the action steps and just our thought process around being a stay-at-home mom versus a working mom and what that means and how we were programmed um, and really as the root of all mom guilt. So again, hit subscribe if you haven't already so you don't miss that episode. It'll be coming up in a couple weeks, but this is a big part of that is just being intentional about the kind of mom that you want to be without outside influences dictating that. All right, number two is to communicate and build a relationship with your kids' teachers. Now, some of you might be really excellent at this. I know for me in years past, I've been excellent that first week. Like meet the teacher night, great. I always go. I shouldn't say I always go. Sometimes I've been traveling and I haven't been able to go to meet the teacher night. However, you know, sending that email, kind of getting to know them a little bit, it's kind of a no-brainer, but how well do you actually build a relationship with them? Remember, you're both on the same side here. The goal is to help your kids flourish this year. And you know what? The teacher does not know you. They don't know how many hours you work. They don't know if you travel for work. They don't know all of the things that you're balancing. You know, maybe you have a a chronically ill other child. So that teacher might not know that necessarily. Maybe um, there was a recent change in your family situation. Maybe a grandparent died over the summer or within the last year, maybe there's something going on with your marriage. Not that the teacher needs to know all of those details of your life, but start building a relationship with them so that the communication lines are open and they feel welcome to communicate with you. Be that initiator of that relationship. You know, this is something that I've always um, worked really, really hard on, not always in building the relationship, but in communicating the fact that I am a working mom. Because my biggest frustration is when my kids bring home a slip that there is a concert next Thursday and I already had something else planned for work. Like I'm already traveling for that date and I will miss it. And I don't want to miss those kind of things. But if I can communicate with the teacher that I need to know um, 60 days in advance or 30 days in advance of when events are happening, I need to know that because I'm a working mom and I travel. So whatever it is for you that you need to communicate, build those relationships so that you can have that kind of communication so you can live into that intention that you set for yourself because you need a partner in crime and let the teacher be that for you. Now, as a little bonus tip for this one, I highly recommend that if you're driving, do it later, but I highly recommend that you put a reminder on your calendar for the first of every single month to send the teacher an email, a check-in email, to see how are they doing with their school studies? How are they doing socially? Um, Is there any red flags that they should be aware of? Because teachers are humans, (laughs) just like we are, and I don't know about you, but there are times I think, oh, I need to probably email someone about this, or I want to call someone about this, or mention this, but then life gets busy and I forget. Well, teachers are the same way, so if you just set that reminder, you know, obviously if it's a bigger thing, they'll contact you, but sometimes it's those little things that can fall through the cracks, especially if your kids are in public school, classroom sizes are huge, the teachers are overwhelmed, so sending an email to check for those red flags is important, 
but then also to reiterate, is there any events I need to be aware of in the next 30 to 60 days that I need to make sure are on my calendar? Because the flyer might not be ready to be sent out yet, but the teacher might know we're doing something next month on this Thursday, or there's a field trip coming up, or, or whatever that might look like, right? So set that reminder on your phone to automatically go off every 30 days or on the first of every month for you to be able to check in with that teacher, just sending an email. And again, when you build a relationship at the beginning of the school year, give them your cell phone. Tell them it's okay to text you on on your cell phone number. Give them your email and, and let them know kind of what your normal response time is with email. And when you get their contact information, put it into your phone right away. That way you're not always just trying to find the number, Googling it. Put that in there right away. So number two really links right into number three, which is calendar management. So when you're communicating, when you're doing those monthly check-ins, you're really looking for those things on the calendar that are going to be important for you to show up to. But having that time on your calendar, that you're reviewing calendars, for me, I do this a lot during my weekly success planning where I'm looking at the calendar for the week ahead, both for myself, my husband, the kids, but also looking two weeks out, three weeks out, a month out to see what things we need to prepare for. And part of my monthly SOPs, my standard operating practices, is after I have checked in with that teacher, finding out those dates, making sure they're plugged in on my calendar, or even at the beginning of the school year, looking at the school calendar and putting some of those bigger rocks that are on there, the days that the kids don't have school so I can arrange for childcare, because sometimes those can surprise us. So be proactive about getting those things on your calendar so you know what's out there, what's coming up. Um, so you can be prepared for those things. But I also challenge you to schedule your involvement. Be proactive. Again, going back to number one about that intention of who you want to be as a parent. You know, you might not necessarily be able to be that mom that's in the classroom every single week. But maybe you can plan on, you know, you want to be there to help out with different classroom parties or to help out once a quarter in the classroom so you can be there, be present and have those memories with your kiddos. And it shows your kids that they are such a priority. So decide what that involvement's going to look like for you and schedule it ahead of time. Use one of your vacation days. Use one of your personal days that you have at work and be intentional about showing up for that. You know, one of my favorite things to do is whenever the kids have a doctor's appointment or a dentist appointment, I will take the entire day off of work as a personal day. And of course, the dentist appointment is just going to be, you know, a small chunk of that day. But then I will schedule the other half of the day to be in the classroom with the kiddo. So it might be in the afternoon if the dentist appointment is in the morning or vice versa. But then that way they get me all day. We'll make a special lunch date out of it, but it's on the calendar and it's scheduled well in advance. So that way it's no surprise to my boss. It's no surprise to me and the teacher and I are in communication around this so that I can really be intentional about being the mom that I want to be for that school year. So bottom line with this one is to be on top of it. And I realize that's easier said than done to be on top of it, especially with school stuff, because there's always a ton of papers coming home. And let's face it, some of those activities, they don't need to go on your calendar. Or if they do, it's nothing that you really need to act on. I mean, just some of the examples of the things that I've just let go of are things like deadlines to turn in those little box tops, right? I understand it helps the school and it's great to do, but sometimes we have to pick and choose our battles in life. And if it overwhelms you to collect those things and turn them in on time, then don't do it. I remember when my, my oldest was in school, my youngest was not yet in school, but I felt like I had to do everything as the mom of an elementary school student. I had to be that perfect mom. 
and I was holding on to it so tightly. You know, they had like contests for the kids that brought in the most. And I didn't want to let him down as the mom because it's really a contest for the moms, not so much for the kids, which I totally disagree with. But in case it was a situation we were in and I didn't want to let him down. So I was purposely buying things that had a box top versus things that didn't have a box top, collecting them all in, making sure they were in on time. It was so much stress. And you know what? My son didn't even care. So why did I care so much? We have to choose to let some of those things go and decide what's really important to us, what's not important to us. And the things that are important to us, double down. Be very intentional about those things because it's a slippery slope and life gets busy. And it's easy to let these little things fall through the cracks. Again, why this is why systems are so important to creating balance for your life. And one of my favorite systems is weekly planning. And if you don't have a system yet for that where you're reviewing the calendars, take our free course. It's there for you. Just go to weeklysuccessplanning.com. It's a free resource, my gift to you, so that you can put these systems in place in your life, so that you can be proactive, you can be on top of it, and know what's happening on the calendar. All right, number four, and it again ties into number three, is knowing your kid's love language. Knowing what is important to them. You know, for my oldest, for him, me being involved in the classroom, that kind of thing, was never that big of a deal for him. There were other things that he wanted and needed from me, like quality time after school or on the weekends when we were doing something fun and connecting. That's what he needed from me, kind of that more emotional support outside of school. Where my younger one, he so badly wants me in the classroom. He so badly wants me having a relationship with those other moms, being that PTA mom. It's important for him because it's involvement in his life in a way that he sees that's significant. And so I challenge you to just sit down with your kiddos at the beginning of this school year or wherever you are in the school year and ask them what's important for you to be involved in. Ask them, do they want you in the classroom? They might not want you in the classroom and you're trying to, you know, arrange your schedule so you can be and they might not want that. So really ask your kids, what's going to help you feel most supported this school year? What's going to help you feel most loved this school year? How can I best support you? And they might not always have the words to be able to tell you, but they'll tell you in other ways if they can't find the words, but they might be able to tell you as well. And this whole approach is just being very proactive about the whole mom guilt thing, right? Because mom guilt sometimes happens when we're like spurred with something when there's nothing we can do about it. So if your kids are like, gosh, there's a field trip this Friday, I really wish you could go. And you didn't know it was that important for them. You can't take the time off. Like you're kind of in the spot and now you feel really guilty, right? So let's just avoid that by finding out what's important for your kids and ask them, do you want me to go to field trips? Do you want me to be in your classroom? Do you want me to be on the PTA? Do you want me to step out (laughs) of all of that kind of stuff? And if what they're asking for is just not possible, it gives you an opportunity to explain why and to talk about other things that you guys could be doing instead again setting that clear expectation of what's possible and what can be done and how it's going to really benefit everybody having that intentionality is so important and while we're on the topic of this and and i mentioned pta and it just kind of sparked something inside me i highly encourage if you can to be involved in the pta And here's why, and this is a bigger picture thing and and part of why we have Life Balance membership. 
is because we really need to spread the message, one, that life balance is possible, but two, that working moms rock. I mean, so much of the PTA is run by stay-at-home moms, and they're the ones who make decisions on how things happen at the school. And if a working mom's voice is not being heard there, then it's hard for us to get the support that we need overall. Now, I'm not saying you need to become the PTA president and add all of that kind of stuff to your plate, unless you want to, unless that's what works for you and your family and that's your intention, then by all means, go for it. But just as an example, I was in a Facebook group and someone mentioned their frustration because their kids were starting in elementary school. They had this idea of who they were going to be as an elementary school mom, which was very active in the PTA. But come to find out the PTA meets at 4.15 on a Thursday. Now, this woman cannot get off work in time to go to this PTA meeting. It's obvious that there's not a lot of working moms involved in that group. And yes, working moms have a lot going on in their lives. They're very, very busy and probably not as available as stay-at-home moms. But I have known this to be true, that the busy people get more stuff done in life than people who are not busy because they have drive, they have initiative. Not saying that stay-at-home moms don't. Do not put words in my mouth that I did not say. But busy people tend to just get stuff done. It's inertia, right? Things that are in motion stay in motion. So they need us. They need the skills that you have that God has given to you, that maybe you use in your work, maybe there are skills that you don't use in your work, but they need you and they need that voice for other working moms as well. Now, if you can't get into the PTA because it is at 415 or whatever, that's totally fine. Ask to be on their email chain. Ask to be involved in other ways and just communicate with them. Like, hey, I'm working. I want to be involved, but I can't make the 415. You know, there's probably other working moms that feel the same way that haven't reached out. So what can we do differently? But be that influence for change for the greater community. Sorry, that's kind of my soapbox moment. I could go on and on and on (laughs) about working moms and putting that to rest. Putting that to rest. All right, let's move on to number five. And you know what, you guys? This one, it's hard. It's hard. It shouldn't be hard, but it is hard. And this last tip is don't conform to the traditions of this world. Look for easy. You know, this life that you're living is your life. It's not a Norman Rockwell painting. It's it's not those images that we have in our head of the yellow school buses and the red apples of back to school. And you guys, I love fall. I love all of that stuff. I love the imagery. I love I love it all. But sometimes we make it hard on ourselves because we hold on to these traditions or we hold on to what the world says back to school should be. And one thing that I have learned as a parent is that hard does not equal love. Doing things the hard way, doing things the complicated way, the things that take the most amount of time and energy does not equal love. Again, going back to asking your kids about what's going to make them feel most love. You know, one of my favorite traditions of back to school is back to school supply shopping. I have this image in my head of the smell of the crayons and how amazing it is. But in reality, it's always like a last minute dash. And there's never enough supplies left over. And I'm always having to leave a note with the school supplies, sending it into the teacher saying, I promise I will buy more glue sticks later, but the store was out. Like it's always been that way. It's always been a last minute thing. And I get so stressed out about that. And it makes me feel like a bad mom, you guys. So I did something different this year. I opened up the back to school list in one browser. And then in the next tab, I opened up Amazon. And I did all of their back-to-school shopping on Amazon. Yes, I missed the whole experience about going to Target and getting all the stuff. But it was so much less stressful, you guys. It was easier. 
So let go of some of those traditions. The other thing that we're doing this year that's a little bit different is I'm not buying them a complete new wardrobe. I don't know where we get this idea that back to school clothes needs to be a full wardrobe. I bought them a couple pieces that they need, a couple things to transition, you know, from the season. But let's face it, when they go back to school, it's still hot. It's still summertime. I'm going to buy them a nice outfit for the first day of school, new shoes because They've been in flip-flops all summer and their feet are growing like weeds. I have boys, so they will get new shoes, all of that kind of stuff. But my older son, he's going to keep the same backpack. In years past, I've always bought brand new backpack, brand new shoes, brand new everything. I'm just not going to do that this year because what happens is they grow in a couple months and then I have to buy them new stuff. And then I'm selling things online or packing them up for my younger son, for my older son that they've already outgrown that maybe they only worn a couple times. So just do yourself a favor and don't conform to things of this world. Make your own traditions and decide what really matters. Like let go of the tradition and just think like logically what makes sense, what needs to be done. Not just for the sake of doing it because it's back to school time and that's what we do at back to school time, but literally what really needs to be done and how can we make it easier? Take things like school lunches, for example. How can you make school lunches easier? Maybe you can train your kids to make their own lunches the night before. Maybe you make them all ahead when you do your weekly prep, but figure out what things you can do easier. Think about the same thing for your morning routine with your kids. How can we make things easier, less stressful? What about after school routines? How can we make that easier and less stressful? Bedtime routines. Really think through all of those things and it's different for every single family. But again, just think back to those intentions that you had created for the school year, for yourself, for your kiddos, and make sure that those routines are supporting those intentions. It all comes back around full circle. All right, so let's review these five strategies for success in this school year. Number one is to set the intention of the mom that you want to be, letting go of expectations from outside people, and just focus on you, what's real for what you can actually expect out of yourself for this upcoming school year. Number two, communicate and build a relationship with your kid's teacher. And as a bonus reminder, set that reminder on your phone to check in with them every single month to see where they are academically, socially, any red flags that come up, and check up about upcoming dates. Which brings us to number three, your calendar. Schedule your involvement of whatever that looks like for you. But to make sure that you are aware of any upcoming dates and they are on your calendar, pronto. No surprises. There's nothing like mom guilt that comes from surprises. Number four, get to know your kids' love languages. Find out what's important for them and how you can best support them in the school year. I know that goes beyond love language, but just sit down and ask them. Ask them what their expectations are of you. I know it's weird that your kids might have expectations of you, but sit down, find it out. And then number five, look for easy. Don't conform to the traditions and do things just because. Do things just because it's your intention, not because it's tradition. I hope that those action steps are helpful to you and I would love to hear how you're applying them to your life. And you can leave a comment on our show notes page by going to yourliferocks.com forward slash podcasts or come into our community and let's talk about it. Let me hear how you are adjusting to back to school with your kids, what your plans and your intentions are. Now, a lot of what we talked about today was really negating that mom guilt. And our Bible verse for this episode really plays perfectly into that. Now, again, if you are a new listener, this is something that we do every single episode, not just because it's a Christian podcast for Christian working moms, but because I truly believe that that number one way of creating more balance in your life is to have more Jesus in your life. And God's word is living. It is our guidebook 
you know, did an episode or two episodes actually a couple uh, months ago, really about what God's will is in all of the eight areas of our life and how we should be setting goals to be in alignment with him. So I hope that you go back and check that out. But our Bible verse for this episode is Isaiah 26, 3. The steadfast of mind will keep you in perfect peace because he trusts in you. And with all Bible verses, I highly encourage that you go and you read the full context. But what I love so much about this particular verse is that steadfast of mind. You know, sometimes when we think so much about um, the school year and mom guilt and all of that, it's because we're not focused in our mind. And so things can jet all over the place. But going back to that step one of setting an intention, keep that your steadfast. Let that be something that guides you. Not saying you can't change it, but let that remain your focus. And I would challenge you to even pray about it. See what God would have for you, what his intentions for you are in this school year. And then once that intention is set, it is set. Be steadfast in it. Because when you are certain, that is where perfect peace comes in. I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. I know you have a bazillion other things you could be doing with your time, but I just want to thank you so much for spending this time with us here at this podcast. If this has helped you in some way, shape, or form, I hope that you share it with a friend in whatever app you're listening to, probably a share button. You can share it on Facebook, share it um, just by sending an email or a text message to your friends and let them know about this. It's truly our mission to help more working Christian moms create that balance for themselves and clear away the chaos in their lives. Now, of course, this podcast was sponsored by Life Balance Membership. You can learn more by going to lifebalancemembership.com and start your free seven-day trial. Inside the membership is the Life Balance course, which is the main system to use. It's a 90-day system to help you create more balance in your life. Now, inside the membership, you also have a free digital copy of the Life Balance Planner, or you can get the physical planner at a 20% discount as a member. Now, in addition to the Life Balance course, you also have a great 90-day intentional course to help you set goals, get really clear about your intentions over a 90-day period of time. And we have a ton of resources in there to help you grow in all of these areas of your life, whether they be little mini courses to help you in your marriage or your career or just printouts that help you with your finances or with your health. There's workouts in there, all kinds of great stuff. So I hope that you check that out. Again, go to lifebalancemembership.com and you can start your free seven-day trial. Next week, we have an incredible guest, Joy Aseo, joining us. She is a licensed clinical social worker by trade and builds her private practice as a parenting strategist. She's going to be talking to us all about anxiety around the school year, around changes. What I love is that her mission and her passion is to help parents navigate through life transitions during that tween teen years. So if that is you or even yourself have anxiety about your kids going to school in this upcoming year, she's going to be walking us through some really great tips around that. So I hope that you don't miss next week's episode. Hit subscribe so you don't miss it at all. And until then, keep building a life that rocks. Bye.